I have another friend that's going to come, and he's a, a, a wonderful friend. Uh, and uh, my man's name is Chino. And uh, I love you, Chino. You're a brother. And uh, I love everything. Uh, I love serving the Lord and doing outreach with you. And I love doing Bible study with you. And I love worshiping and praying right here in these altars with you. Every time I'm on my knees in the altar, I look over, and there's my man Chino. I love your love for Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Um, so it's a privilege to uh, to stand over here and just, uh, you know, speak with the Lord. Let's uh, put it in my heart. Um, it's not coincidence what's going on today. Um, actually, the, the two things that I wanted to speak about, uh, Sister Judah speak about, <laughs> and then Sister Teresa speak about, which was sin and grace. So it's all flowing together, and it's very tough to be the tail end of it because <laughs> now it's like um, they got everything, you know. They, they cover what I wanted to speak about. So... Um, it's tough, but, uh, you know, we're just going to pray. Uh, you know, the, the Lord just help me and, and, and see how can everything comes together, all right? Uh, just bow our heads, please. Father God, uh, just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And um, I thank you for the honor, Lord, Father God, to speak to your people. I pray, Lord, that you help me this morning, Lord, Father God, to uh, come together, Lord, Father God, in this day. And uh, just to, uh, to blend in everything together, Lord, as your word, Lord, Father God, is, Lord. So we just thank you for this morning, and I thank you for the opportunity and the honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, it's just going to kind of flow, so uh, just bear with me. Uh, I'm more like a, like a preacher than I, need, than I am a teacher. So everything is, I can't, I can't go by notes and stuff like that, so I'm just kind of going to flow. So, all right, um, and I know we're kind of living on time, but uh, here we go. Um, so uh, my... You know, my saying, per se, or what I pick, uh, one of the two, it was, um, you know, Jesus never said, uh, go and sin again, right? And now that people say it, and uh, but by their actions, and sometimes how people word it, it's basically saying, you know, you know, we all sinners, and we're going to sin, right? That's what we do, right. you know? Um, so we have grace. My, my other saying was, you know, grace is not a license to sin, all right? We're here in the church, you know, we're living under grace, we're not under the law, so it's okay, you know, we're all going to sin, we're sinners, all right? Well, that's not what Jesus said, all right? Jesus actually came to destroy the power of sin of your life and my life, right? And he has empowered us through grace, like sister said, to live a righteous life for him, before him, right? So I don't know where they're missing it because there's a lot of, even, even Jesus fought uh, false teachers. And through the Bible, you're going to find the different, different writers that they're fighting against false teaching through in the church. And now in days, it's still the same way. There's a lot of false teaching going on in the church about grace, about sin, that, you know, it's... The consequences of sin are so tremendous, all right? It's a three-letter word, sin, but yet so powerful. It's a destroyer, a killer, a raw view from what God called you to be and to do for him. And grace, if we don't understand properly the grace of God, then we can miss the boat too, you know? Um, so it was beautiful what I heard this morning, you know? 
So I'm just going to give you a couple examples. I'm, I'm not going to call out the scriptures, but I'm just going to kind of give you a little reference of where I'm coming from. Uh, so um, when Jesus, when the Pharisees want to trap Jesus and they brought the, um, the woman called in adultery, or they brought it to him to not to be stoned. First of all, you know, that was wrong because back in the Old Testament, uh, who was called an adulterer, they were stoned to death, but it was both of them, okay? It was, it was supposed to be the man and the woman, but now they just brought the woman, okay? So that, to begin with, that's fishy, all right? Because that was wrong. You know, they want to apply the law, but yeah, where's the man or men, all right? So that was wrong. Jesus knew about it. So, you know, he said, okay, he, he who is without a sin cast the first stone. Well, everybody started walking away. Everybody started dropping the stones because they were all in sin, right? So, you know, Jesus got up, told the woman, where's your accusers? I said, they're all left. Well, you know, I don't accuse you. I forgive you. Go and sin no more, right? That's what he said to her, right? Go and sin no more. That's one of the uh, scriptures that I find that he said, Jesus, go and sin no more. The other one is when Jesus healed the man that was... Um, was sick, right, for 38 years, and he couldn't get in the pool because he couldn't move. By the time he wanted to get in the pool, everybody, somebody else jumped in and got healed. So Jesus healed the man. He, walked, uh, he went about his business. Jesus found him again, and he said, uh, hey, um, now that I have healed you, go and sin no more unless something worse come upon you. All right? So sin has consequences, Right? Sin is a destroyer, a killer, all right? But Jesus knows that we needed something, something, an empowerment in our lives to walk this out because it's not easy. Without the empowerment of God in our lives, we're not going to make it, all right? So grace is what we need in our lives. And yes, grace is the free gift. We cannot earn it ourselves. It's a gift from God. It's free. You have to receive it, right? But it's not, it's just not that. It's a lot more, guys. And this is the part that I feel as a, as a body, as people out there, we miss this part because we take it so light as grace. It's a free gift. It's love, peace, kindness. It's all that. Don't get me wrong. It's all that. But this is the part that we miss. And I'm just going to read something from this book. There's a word started dictionary about grace. So I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of reading, all right? It's not going to be long, I promise you. But this is the part that I feel that is missing when it comes to grace, all right? So just bear with me, please. It says, grace, when received by faith, transforms man and causes him to love and to seek after righteousness of God. Grace is initially regeneration the work of the Holy Spirit in which a spiritual life is given to man and by which his nature is brought under the dominion of righteousness. The, main, the maintenance of this condition requires an unbroken and immense supply of grace. Renewal is stimulated and impelled by God's illuminating and strengthening of the soul. And will continue and increase so long as the soul perseveres. God's grace ensure that those who have been truly regenerated will persevere into the end of life. The entire work is called sanctification. 
a work of God whereby we are renewed in the whole man and are enabled more and more to die daily unto sin and to live unto righteousness. So grace not only calls you out from darkness into light, but he restores you, he empowers you, he keeps you, and he calls you to live holy life before God. So it's a whole package. All right? So grace is not just a part a little bit, but it's so much in our lives that without it, we're not going to make it. So, yes, thank for the grace of God, but let's not misuse the grace of God. And that's what Jude said, the book of Jude. It's only one chapter. And he wanted to talk about something, about our salvation. But being the false teachers were coming into the church, he feel compelled to tell the church, hey, please be careful. Don't use the grace of God to live in moral lives. So that's not what the grace of God is for. All right? It's an empowerment of our lives to live what the life that God is calling us to live. Amen. Thank you. Man. Awesome, man. Isn't this wild that God's like orchestrated? Like this is what God put on other people's hearts and it just divinely is coming through here today. So here's how we're going to try. Uh, I'm, uh, as a preacher, I'm going to try to sum this up in five minutes. Like that ever happened to any pastor in the world. Right, Bill? Uh, never. Um, so here's what I know. John 14, 15 says this. Really deep theology here. Ready? Coming from Jesus. He said this. If you love me, Keep my commandments. That's it. If you love me. What I want to remind you is that like sin does matter. More importantly, it hurts the lover of your soul. Imagine being married to someone and constantly having an affair. What he's saying is when you don't keep my commandments, it hurts me. So I'm asking you, because you love me, get right. This whole thing that's happening right now in the body of Christ is an alarm that's being sounded. So everyone at home, I'm sounding an alarm right now. What you need to know is we got to wake up. This is all about like the wedding invitation of the bridegroom. Like we know that the Lord is coming. He's coming quickly. And everything needs to be about recognizing that the bride should be spotless. Imagine a bride that put on a beautiful gown and someone covered her in red paint or spilled juice on her dress just before she walked down the, the, the aisle. She'd be in massive tears. Something's happening in the body of Christ that we're okay with the stains on our dress, when it's supposed to be washed and pure. And it's not. And we can't be okay with what he's not okay with. Jesus told a story about, about going out and inviting everyone to come to this, this wedding feast. And, 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 the, and the body of Christ didn't come. So he said, well, listen, then go out and just invite anyone to come. And the problem is, those that came, came in whatever garments and clothes they wanted. Here's the problem with where we are, church. We have made church so that it doesn't matter what you wear to church. Come in your flip-flops, 
your shoes, wear, wear whatever you want to church, right? But the mindset that comes along with that, that we have to be careful of, is that you are okay just as you are. And the gospel is simple. You are. Come as you are. Don't leave that way. Leave washed, leave changed, because if we are not changed, and if we do not have a standard, what is it saying to the world? What are we really calling them to? If you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commands. What I know about grace, this is how I'm closing. Rich, would you come? You know what I really hate? Uh, I, 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 I hate my birthday. You want to know why? I feel so uncomfortable when people buy me something. Anyone else? If someone gets me something, I feel, especially if I like it. If I don't like it, it's easier. Thanks. When I like it, it's hard to receive because I recognize the value on it. I recognize that I've wanted it. And I recognize that I probably need what you want to give me. And I'd rather do it myself. Let me tell you something, church. You can't do this alone. You can't wash you. You can't buy what you can't tithe enough. You can't give enough. You can't attend church enough. You can't go to as many outreach or tell people about what you need was bought with a price that you cannot afford. And it's calling us to change. And it makes me feel uncomfortable, which is why we read that verse last week about Peter getting his feet washed and him looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, I don't want you to wash my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash you, Peter, you will have no part in my kingdom.